This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Paranormal Dads. I'm your co-host Pat. I'm Eddie. And I'm Andy. Join us as we look for the world's monsters, myths, and mysteries on episode 8 of Paranormal Dads. And welcome. We are back. Episode 8 and feeling great. That's right. I'm going to rhyme everything. It <laughs> has been uh, a long time in the making. It has been. It's, has it been a month? It's been a month. Whew. Well, Since we recorded. Like, life gets busy. You Man. know, what do you do? I hate it when the saying is life gets in the way because it seems like it's a bothersome thing. Yeah. And just I, it doesn't get in the way. It's just something that happens and you just, it just, yeah. Well, like, the, the reality is we're paranormal enthusiasts. Second, but we're dads first, mm-hmm. and you know we got kids and activities. We have uh, husbandly duties and honey do lists that we need to take care of first. So sometimes that takes precedence. Between precedence. the the three of us, we're dealing with twelve different schedules that we have to m- make everybody work. Is that I mean, how many we have? Between we've got the three twelve. Of us? I mean, dozen of between us, huh? us, our wives, and our kids, there's twelve people that we have to. Get the schedules right that the three of us can sit down here together and and, and I'm knock a, these things out. And I used to be Mormon, so I have a whole other family you guys don't even know about. <laughs> and then you factor in pets who poop on the floor, right? Exactly. Oh, stress. so many agendas. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, we're back, and this uh, eight is going to be great. Yes. And uh, as always, we start off the every show with recent sightings. Oh, my. Recent sightings. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> so, for um, a long time, I have wanted to do this. I'm going to leave it as vague as I can to keep people wondering what the heck is going on. I wanted to do this particular thing for years and never really had the chance to do it. Didn't know that Omaha had it um, available. And so just kind of didn't really look into it. And, you know, you know, once again, like we said in the last our initial intro segment we're busy guys so i turned 40 recently and it was a classic like treat yourself thing and i'm like i want to see if this is a thing in town and sure enough it is and i did it (laughs) what is it uh i floated and to explain to anybody uh what floating is it is where you go into essentially a small a large bathtub is probably a better explanation, and it, the water in it is super uh, salinated. Where it's it, they use, they actually use magnesium. I thought it was salt. They oh, use they ma- don't use salt. They use yeah, magnesium. I think magnesium dissolves to the point to where you can't even feel the grains of it. It's just pure, like purely in the in the water, and it gets it to where it's so dense that it's much like the Dead Sea. You're just sitting on top of it, and they make and they make the water uh, the temperature of your skin or as close to it as they can. So then the idea being is you don't know where your body begins and ends in this water. So I did it, came back and talked to you guys about it, and the 
universal consensus was we all got to do this. Let's do this. <laughs> That's so, right. so we as a as a group, as a as a you know th- threesome of buddies, decided let's go do this thing, and we all had our individual chambers. Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> <laughs> and people are thinking were they stacked end to end or on top of each other like an ice cream sandwich? No, we each had our own tub, <laughs> and so we all had our individual uh, float chambers. And we went and we floated. And the thing about floating is that you're in there for 90 minutes uh, for your first session. And you can control whether there's light. The idea being that there's a door that shuts behind you. And you can either control to where it's near total darkness. Or you can kind of adjust the light so it's kind of you know dim in there. And they also have music that you can either turn on or off or adjust the volume. But the idea being it's either supposed to be super relaxing or to the point to where you're doing a complete uh, sensory deprivation and trying to get your brain to go into a deep sense of either self-reflection or relaxation or something to that effect. And, and we did it, and I kind of wanted to have us talk about our individual experiences with our float. Um, I guess since I've started, I should just keep going. With, yeah, with, keep with, going. You're with, doing good. With my part. You know, the funny thing is, if anyone's recently seen the the, the It movie, the yeah. remake of It, it just reminds me of the clown, you know, down here we all float. So scary. <laughs> it's terrifying. We all float down here. So this was a lot more relaxing. No clowns involved. No clowns, at least, you know, other than me. Well, yeah, exactly. Being in there. But... Um, for me, this time around, um, the second time for me, it was uh, basically like super relaxing. Probably the most relaxed I've been in a long time. Uh, the feeling I had almost afterward was akin to getting a massage. Uh, that degree of kind of just overall like peace with yourself, wellness with yourself. That's how I felt too afterwards. Like your muscles are, are so relaxed. You're you're almost like refreshed, almost like you woke up from a nap and very much so like a massage. I'd, I'd say that's a good comparison. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you walk out of the place just kind of feeling like, almost like you, you've just finished a pretty long workout. Like mm-hmm. I used to go on really long runs and you, you, once you get home, you shower and you get out of the shower, it's just kind of like, your whole body is just kind of drooping, and it, it's 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 almost like a gel-like feeling, yeah, on you. And uh, but it, it was a very relaxing uh, experience. Felt like a stick of melted butter. Yeah, I mean, euphoric is probably a word to use. I mean, you know, it was just super peaceful. Um, I this time around, the first time I did it, I did see some like red and some other type of like colors and flashes. Uh, and this is in the dark. This is in the dark, and and at this time I didn't see. There was it was basically pitch black, and my eyes were closed this time around. So my eyes were closed, and I was seeing red flashes and maybe this hint of blue. Uh, the second time, no red, but I did have a little bit of a blue. Uh, and a white, I think, as well, kind of flashes, and they went away. And I did see what happens. The, the, the prevailing thought is the human brain, when you don't have any external stimulus, whether you don't hear anything, you don't see anything, and you're not feeling anything necessarily, the brain starts to turn in on itself. And instead of thinking about all the things that are happening outside of you, it starts kind of doing this almost like, uh, to, it's like, making its own entertainment yeah, for it's yourself. It's like a defrag for your <laughs> your brain is doing this thing, and so I did start to see what I would describe as um, they weren't legitimate, like like cohesive faces or things, but I could start seeing like 
shapes come together. But as soon as I started to be like, oh, I'm seeing, then it would kind of go away. So it was never anything really concrete as far as seeing something inside of my, you know, brain. But there were like definite like shapes shifting and just kind of adapt. Um, but super relaxing. Um, the, the the funny part was you drift a little. And I think we're- oh gosh. <laughs> I, you know, it was, well, first of all, I don't know how anybody could write a negative review for one of these places because it's just so peaceful. It's yeah. like, what what can you complain about? I mean, you're in there and it's it's cozy, it's relaxing, you get some peace and quiet. I mean, all in all, it's just good, regardless of if you have a life-changing vision or not. But right. we, we did drift a little and it's a pretty big place. You know, it's a, the, the tub is pretty roomy. I mean, you right. could... You could virtually stretch out your arms in each direction and barely touch the sides. Yeah. There was a good, you know, foot or a foot and a half, you know, from your toes to the end and from your head to the other end. Yeah. So it's spacious, but as much as I tried to lay still, completely, totally still, every few minutes I felt a little thump. Bump. You know, I was like, and then I'd be up against one of the walls and I'm, I'd be thinking, how did I get over here? I didn't feel like I was moving. And then I'd readjust and I'd center myself. And then a couple minutes later, thunk i'm on the other end you know bumping elbows against the 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 side so it kind of kept me from getting into you know like uh you know playing guitar with Jimi hendrix like yes. I, I wanted to have like a deeply profound like spiritual vision but for me i kept coming you know back to my senses because i kept bumping up against the wall but uh it was it was still really cool i <laughs> and then of course when there's no visual or audio, you know, stimulation, heck, there's not even any physical stimulation hardly in there because that's right. the point of floating. But I kept having funny thoughts pop in my head like, you know, what if you fart and it creates some bubbles and what if they hear you next door? And then <laughs> exactly. like, what if I break wind and I hear Eddie and Pat chuckling next door because they can hear me? <laughs> push. Say, hey, guys, I have a hot tub going over here. <laughs> well, there was one instance. One of the things they do, they give you when you go into this place is you have a little squirt bottle with clean water and, and the water is so salty. If you get it in your eyes, it starts to burn. So. Yeah. So they give you this little towel and, and a spray bottle to clean out your eyes. And, and there was one time I had a little uh, bead of water kind of drip down into my eye. So I reach over for the bo- bottle and I spray my face and kind of wipe it off. And I go to put the stuff back. And, of course, it goes kathunk and it's it's making all this noise. <laughs> and I thought, oh, man, I hope those guys don't hear this. And I probably like I'm messing up their experience because I'm making so high, much man. noise. But you're actually in an environment where you're in this big box basically with, with a lid and then that's inside a room and then the other guys are in another room down there's, the hallway. There's like four so, layers. Of... So, you know, I think we're pretty safe from disturbing other people when, when you're in the place. But I kind of went into it for a almost kind of a vision quest sort of experience as well, um, which which never really happened for me. Um but, you know, it was a new environment. I was getting used to it. Uh, one thing, you know, Eddie was talking about the colors and stuff. After I had been in there a while, I did start to see everything was completely dark. I had no music on whatsoever. And I did start to see like little, uh, almost like sparkles. Uh, I'd catch them out of the corner of my eye. And I think that's exactly probably what was going on is my brain is starting to 
kind of play tricks on me or, or, or process things. And, and that was the result of that, you know, that, that's kind of what Your I chalked it up to that. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, Jimi Hendrix, uh, uh, <laughs> tie dye kaleidoscope type experiences for me. Ah, yeah. Here's a wish. <laughs> I think with this, and it does sound like the typical sell, but I do believe this. I think the more you do something like this, the more your brain gets used to this as a thing, the more you can let go and then kind of, you would potentially have a vision quest at some point. You just got to yeah. kind of stick with it. That's my thought at least. I agree. And I think for me, I might've put too much pressure on myself. You know, throughout the years, I've done a little bit of meditation here or there and i've had some you know deeply profound experiences of seeing really cool you know spiritual things and i, I think i put a lot of pressure on myself plus the 90 minutes kind of messed with me a little mm -hmm. bit because 10 minutes turned into 20 and 20 turned into 30 and I, I i i wasn't concentrating hard enough and i kept thinking okay i got plenty of time still plenty of time i'm not quite there yet plenty of time and before you know it i'm like oh there's not much time left and i haven't really yeah come to any profound realizations about the universe yeah but i did have a um a, a vision of sorts if you will i you know my my wife kenzie and my daughter sky kind of crossed my mind and at one point in time i almost saw a a vision of, of each one of them. And it was weird because it was like we were floating in space basically with no spacesuits on. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and when we would, uh, our bodies would kind of drift into, um, when we would perfectly line up with each other, when our hearts were perfectly, you know, horizontally aligned with each other, it was almost like a pulse or a flash of a loving feeling. So, in other words, think of it like if you see these images of like a fighter pilot trying to lock onto a bogey and get him right in the target there. Mm -hmm. Like when I was perfectly aligned with my daughter or my wife and our heart chakras, if you will, were aligned. It was like a surge of loving energy. Oh, wow. And then we'd kind of drift out of focus and then we'd come back and, and I'd feel it again. That was really cool. Yeah. It was really neat. That um, is awesome. The other kind of thing that happened in... I don't know if it was like slipping into a past life scene or something like that, but I saw myself as a, a person and it seemed like kind of prohibition era, you know, like 1920s maybe at like, and I was standing at like what I felt like was like the secret door of like a speakeasy or a nightclub. Nice. Where they slide the Yeah. Almost like, thing like, like what's a, the password, you know, the password? it's like a secret knock. And, uh, and it was weird. And then two names popped in my head. God, for the life of me, I'm trying to think of them. Muggsy and Knuckles. Yeah, it was uh, It was something weird. Yeah. I mean, it was like, uh, I can't remember. Um, it was like Memphis. There was like a city and then it was like a name. Anyway, I oh, went wow. home and, I, and, I, and it felt like a jazz club to me. I went home. I Googled both names and jazz. And what came up was there was two different musicians with that last name that played at the same club at the same time. Hmm. Once upon a time. And I don't know, maybe there's no correlation, maybe that's reaching, maybe that's, a, you know, trying to put a square peg in a round hole, but, um, you know, and as life gets busy and we have obligations right. and stuff, I, I haven't had time to dig any deeper, but there might be something there, I'm not sure. Both of them were jazz musicians, they played at the same club and neither of the names were very common. Do you know so. where the club was? It was in it was in the, uh, in the south, it was like Arkansas or Alabama or some, hmm. somewhere down there, which... I don't know if that's exactly the jazz mecca, but um, anyway, it was it was interesting, and I don't know. Again, perhaps a past life flashback, or my imagination just running wild, open to interpretation. 
It's it's crazy, and I, I think you know when the like I said, the more you do this, the more those things might come to bear. Like you could actually maybe revisit that and be you know I don't know. It'd be fun to do this again. Yeah, that's my thing. Um, <laughs> the place we did it was called Simply Float. Right. And uh, they're here in Omaha. Um, I believe their uh, their Facebook page is like Float Omaha or something like that. Well, the n- name of the place, just to clarify, it's not it's not called Simply Float. The name is float yeah float yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it sounded like you were saying the name is simply float. sorry my fault <laughs> it's yeah quote unquote float float <laughs> but uh they're uh, uh just for a placement thing they're approximately at 156 and uh dodge it's five five nine seven north 155th plaza in right, omaha there you go conveniently located right next to an awesome coffee shop so when you're done playing guitar with Jimi Hendrix and uh, slipping into past lifetimes, go next door and have a little latte and discuss your experience. That's what we did. At aptly named Karma Coffee. It's perfect. Might I add. It was a cool place. Pricing is, I mean, similar to what you would charge, they would charge for a massage. We we thought maybe even a little cheaper than something like that. Yeah. Um, But uh, I I thought it was definitely worth the money and, and a great experience. I loved it. Like you said, it felt like a workout. Yeah. Afterwards, like almost a little bit of like just mu- total muscle relaxing. And Without actually having to work out. Exactly. Or sweat. <laughs> Imagine a world. <laughs> so so check them out. But uh, we had an absolute blast and, and I can see us doing it again at some point. Absolutely. It's time for pop, culture, and the paranormal. Welcome to segment two, where we talk about pop culture phenomena related to the paranormal. Uh, We have an oldie but a goodie today, uh, (laughs) universally synonymous with the paranormal, and I I think it's appropriate for the pop culture segment just because a lot of people have actually done it, usually at a slumber party. Uh, Ouija boards. Oh boy. There you go. Hardest word to spell in the paranormal realms, Ouija. Yes. W-E-E-G-E-E, I believe. That is correct. Right? That is correct. Yeah. Um, have you guys ever done one? I have. Yeah, I have. We, uh, as kids, uh, I think it was my sister had one. Um, and we were probably preteen, maybe teenagers when she got it. Uh, we didn't spend a lot of time with it. Maybe, yeah. you know, use it two or three times. Uh, possibly it kind of freaked us out. The, the thought that what are we getting ourselves into? I think right. opening up a portal to help. right. We yeah. we don't want to do anything like that, so we're we're going to be careful with this. Yeah. Um. But yeah, she she just went out and bought one of the ones. Uh. I think it's who was it? Parker Brothers or Hasbro or yeah. somebody uh, produces them and they sell yeah. them at Target. So you can get them right one. next to Monopoly. Yeah. Or I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm a little funny. old school. I actually made mine from the tombstone of a dead druid. <laughs> <laughs> So there's that. <laughs> I just like to keep it real. Yeah, there keep you go. It, Authentic. Yeah, exactly. It was christened at Stonehenge. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I uh, I'm like a I'm like a Ouija. Um, um, what's the word? Um, I, I'm dying now. You're a truest. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, elitist. Purist. I think it's hilarious though that yeah they're made yeah Milton Bradley or Parker's brothers. You can get it right there next to you know Jenga yeah. and Monopoly. Yeah. Monopoly. Battleship, Barrel of Monkeys, Ouija. <laughs> ants, ants in your pants. Ouija <laughs> Don't break the ice. Don't break the ice. <laughs> so yeah, I've used one too. Um, and I'm not gonna get into all the specifics, but there was there was enough going on that I was like, oh this. 
there's some stuff and you know i it's it's difficult for me for people to be like it's totally fake man it doesn't work and i'm like i have like direct hand experience no pun intended direct hand experience um with it behaving in a way that's very hard for logical physics to explain what 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 happened so i'm convinced there's something going on um with them but uh yeah enough for me to be like put it away right <laughs> i'll burn it in the holy fires how about well, you man well you know, you know my uh, my career involves communicating with spirits and i think technically you can do that without any kind of a board game board or board sure. game at all and you know you say mention making your own you anybody could make their own get out mm-hmm. a sheet of paper draw letters out get yourself a little uh you know what do you call that the little moving piece a planchette. 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 There you are. Not that I make them. <laughs> word of the week. Um, so I, I think your intentions uh, are more important than the board itself. Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, that you could sit around without a board, and if you want to conjure up some spirits and communicate, you probably could. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I just kind of on a whim. I don't. I don't even remember why. I think this was pre-child so we were probably just sitting around on a thursday night board yeah decided to go to to target and get one yeah, <laughs> pun intended right pun intended, yeah and, and we uh we just sit down and did it and i was kind of maybe we didn't have nothing happened but maybe it was probably because i was sitting there sulking because i just really didn't feel like doing it you just sat there stagnant and didn't move yeah, it just sat, it literally, really didn't, didn't literally move didn't move. Huh. But it was probably because like I was sitting there like with my hand on my chin and I was just like pushing it down into. <laughs> I was pushing on it so hard. I'm like, even if a spirit's trying to communicate, move this, jerks. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But it was kind of like one of those things where I just didn't feel like communicating with spirits. You know, I I do that at the office for my work, and it's like making coffee all day and then coming home and your wife says, Hey, do you want to make some coffee? And it's like, no, not really. Exactly. But you know, I have heard so many freakish horror stories from people who claim that they've had really bizarre experiences with Ouija boards, you know, yeah. the classic or, you know, scary movie kind of deal where like it burst into flames. Whoa. We I don't threw, know about the flames. Or we, we, you know, we threw it away and then the next morning it was back on the kitchen table, that kind of stuff. And so we've only used it that one time. I have no interest in using it. Not because I'm afraid. I just, I don't feel like using it again. Yeah. And I cannot bring myself to throw it away. Oh. Because <laughs> I'm afraid of it ending yeah, back up in my house. Improperly dispose <laughs> <of> the <Ouija> board. <laughs> you know, I don't want to give it away at a garage sale and then like have it, you know, reappear in my reappear. front steps the next day. <laughs> you rip it in half. It's on your chest. You wake yeah, exactly. Up. Yeah. Uh, so... I don't, you know, it's kind of one of those things. I think a lot of people have tried it, usually at a slumber party, you know, usually preteen. Um, what was your experience? Do you remember what happened, Eddie? Was, was it moving around spelling things, or was it just was it just odd, or what happened with your experience? The thing that convinced me that it was really working? Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll share it. I'm, I'll, I'll be transparent. <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> so, oh, I won't use names. Okay. Because I'm already indemnified. But there were, there were two other people there whom I trust compl- implicitly, like with my absolute life. Okay. Like, so there's no question here, like, oh, maybe they were messing around. They weren't. Um, the understanding was I had never had an experience with this thing, and I wanted to kind of just see whether it was legitimate or not. That was really my only real 
take. I was coming in as more or less kind of a skeptic. Like, yeah. Not like, this is fake, but I just wanted to see what would happen. Sure. So we sit down, completely, more or less, my needle's right in the middle. Like, show me. Let's do this. Right. So we we, we did. And we, it's not like, and if you guys have used this, and anyone watching or listening, if you've used this, it's not like you have to like do some weird ritual or anything. You just kind of start talking. Right. Um, open yourself up to this idea that you're going to be communicating something or someone you can't see. So we do. And the thing begins to move around. And the funny thing about it is, and it's very easy to be like, so you guys were subconsciously doing it, all this stuff. That's fine. The way it was moving felt very much like it was um, moving independent. Sure. Like there wasn't one particular person. Because, I mean, if all three of us had our hands on this computer and me and Pat were passively holding it and you started to pull it away, we could feel the force. You would feel the direction. Coming from you. And, and you'd so, say, oh, that's Joe that's pulling it or whatever. You know, that's Billy. That's that's It's coming from the right side, so we know that guy's exactly. doing it. Exactly. Right? And I'm doing all this in my head. Like, okay, <laughs> let's start breaking this down, like science-wise. Right. I mean, the job that most of mine and Pat's jobs are highly technical jobs. So we kind of are living a world where we're like, we kind of figure things out as we go along. So I'm already trying to access data. Like, okay, I can feel this thing is, there's no like direct point of force here. It feels like it's almost moving by itself. And That's your fingers the, are just along for the ride. Completely, yeah. just barely touching the dang thing. And it's not like you see anyone specifically like having enough touch, enough contact to be able to dictate where this thing moves around. It's basically barely being touched. But that wasn't, I mean, yeah, so this thing is spelling out things. I mean, all sorts of responses to answers, um, making claims of what we're talking to and where it came from or who, when it came from. And I think there was even a mention of, like, ancient Egypt at one point in time uh, for one of these things that we got a hold of. But the thing that, even through all of this, I'm still kind of in this zone of, like, I don't have really any, you know, we're not necessarily moving this on purpose, but I know there's a there's a there's a, a psychological phenomenon where you're moving it and not aware that you're moving it. There's right. this other thing. So you're still not thoroughly convinced. This is where I get convinced. So the thing is shaped kind of like this for people, like, like, like an a arrow. triangle, well, yeah, like right. an arrow, you know, like a pointer on your computer. Yeah, and it's pointing like let's say it's, uh, you know. It's more like this. It was a, more, a triangle of people, and it's pointing towards the person directly across from me. And so one of the people at the table um, was, was female. It was two, two dudes and, and a lady. And I go, okay, one of us is female. And, and in this case, she was right next to me right here. Mm -hmm. And I go, treating this thing like a pointer, point it to who's, whoever's female. Okay. This thing, so my buddy's holding it with his fingers. I have my fingers on it. She has her fingers on it. The thing starts to rotate and it pivots on an orbit and it pulls away from my buddy's finger so he's not even holding it because of the angle she was at it gets away from her fingers and yeah. so i'm the only one touching it and i have two little fingers on a corner and you weren't moving it. i'm not doing this i'm literally barely touching it and at one point i had to like keep up with it like so i could <laughs> so, maintain. so it was so awkward that you couldn't even move it that way i was having to. to pivot my shoulder to keep in contact right. with it and it was rotating and then it literally kind of stopped and then did another little like mini adjustment like for good measure to make sure it was pointing at this person wow and then it just stopped moving and it was one of those things that it's not like ah, you know but it was like enough for me that i'm like i don't have any context to like like say anything other than this thing just rotated on its own right and and is pointing at this person 
And at that point, we all decided to kind of put it away. Yeah. They call it a night. <laughs> and we did. It's like, <laughs> paid your money, had some fun. Okay, let's put it away before anything scary happens. Well, the big yes. question is ultimately, like, what are you hoping to get out of it? So, so when you're, you were the one who basically had your two fingers on it. Mm-hmm. The only were, way I could have possibly done were, that. Were you consciously, like, even letting up on your pressure or, or adjusting how you were touching I, it? I was constantly making sure that I barely maintained contact. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like enough to say I was touching it. Like right. me being like, I'm so touching So you could feel you. it under your fingertips. Right. But never enough to like apply direct pressure. Enough to say I had contact, but not that I was actually trying to manipulate it in any way. So that was my context. The buddy of mine, same exact situation. He's like, I've never done this. I kind of want to see whether it works or not. So for him, it was like he was in the same boat. And and for the for for the woman who was with us, she had done it several times, but was it kind of in the mindset like this is gonna work because I've seen it work. And she swore off of these things. She's like, I just don't like doing them anymore. But because you know you want to do this, let's just do this. Let's do it. Um, but when we're done, I don't want to do this anymore. And right. it was so. And that was kind of the the big tell. It was like, hey, it rotated and pointed to you. Let's call it a night. <laughs> See, I think it's that kind of experience why we didn't spend a lot of time with this thing. We just right. kind of freaked each other out. I think. And uh, well, this like I said, we used it maybe once or twice. Yeah. And I don't even remember anything that we covered with it or if it answered any of our questions but uh eventually just kind of, kind of put on the shelf and yeah. forgot about it. what i see happening with these things and this is just my opinion so take it for what it's worth but what i see happening it kind of happened to me a little bit because it was so pardon the pun out of this world <laughs> it was so different yeah that i kind of wanted to do it again right just because it was a thrill, it right. was a rush. And then I found out I wanted to do it again, and then again, and then again. And I'm like, this, because you feel like... Did like, you get to the point where you were doing it by yourself? Almost. Yeah. Considering it. Yeah. Really. And I, yeah, oh yeah. And, I, and then I was a big, don't do it alone, don't do it alone. I'm like, what, what is this? But what I realized is, even if this is not about, and I just don't, I just don't, as a person, I don't believe in, like, demons. It's just right. not my thing. I just don't buy it. Right. I think there's a lot of things out there and a lot of explanations, but I don't believe in that as a thing. If it makes you feel better, I'm, I'm on the same page with right? you. I just don't. I know some people do, but I don't. Yeah. I see some people. Right. I think people, living people are scarier than deceased ones, in that's, my opinion. That, that's, that's my point. Yeah. If there's evil out there, we've we've made it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but the point is, uh, for me, it wasn't so much about like ripping open a portal to hell. It was, it was, <laughs> it was more about, it was almost in a way, a kind of drug. Like, if you're not careful, this could warp your sense of reality. And it's like, well, why would I talk to real people when I could talk to people who have infinite... And it's like, (laughs) what I realized is you may be getting cohesive answers, but they they still don't make sense. There's nothing that's really, like, useful you would get out of this. And that was my big takeaway, was, like, at, at its most bad is it could pull you away from your real life. It could sure. pull you away from your friends and family. And that was one thing that the, 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 the lady I spoke with, that was her, her opinion of it, was like, this thing can confuse you on what's actually worth spending time on. You know, and I talk, I talk with a lot of people on a weekly basis who are really interested in, you know, getting validation and signs and messages from their deceased loved ones. You know, and just in terms of like, okay, a cardinal landed on my deck. I find, you know, meaning in that because, you know, let's say, you know, grandma loved cardinals and it's the anniversary of her death today and then a cardinal shows up or, you know, just things like that, like things that people interpret as messages from heaven. And 
that's great. It's fun. It's it's validating and comforting. And I think truly people in the afterlife can use physical objects like that to grab our attention and give us a little, how do you do? The only danger, like you said, Eddie, comes in. I have met a couple people over the years who do, they do become so obsessed with getting signs and messages and validation and communicating with the afterlife. They, they almost run the risk of losing touch with reality of, okay, I'm still on earth. I'm in this world. I have to pay my bills and go to work. And okay, not everything is a sign or a message yeah. Yeah. from the afterlife. I had a lady a few years back, honest to God, she, she asked me and I felt bad for her. I didn't make fun of her. I felt kind of sorry for her. She said, uh, okay, Andy, I have a lot of spiders all over my house. You know, what do you think that means? Is there a loved one that's trying to tell me something? Is it a guardian angel trying to get a message across? And I said, I think what it means is you have a spider problem and you need to call pest control. Yeah. You know, some things are just, some things just happen just yeah. because they happen in this world. And uh, it's okay to try to contact the spirit world for a couple nuggets of wisdom or a little bit of comfort or validation. But at the end of the day, you have to keep two feet on the ground and, and realize that we're still rooted in this in this earth. You know, yeah. you have to live your life. You have to live your life. Yeah. So so Ouija boards, I, I'm convinced they have some sort of ability, but I don't know necessarily what it is. And I'm not overly concerned about figuring it out either. And my take on it is whether you're trying to contact the spirit world uh, by just, you know, uh, through Ouija boards or other means, it's all about intention. And what I've noticed is that like attracts like. You know, in other words, uh, if you're a kind person, a good person with good energy, uh, whoever you contact from the spirit world is probably going to be positive. Mm -hmm. If you're a negative person who exudes bad energy and you go seeking out a spirit, well, you might attract one that's kind of grumpy or kind of draining or kind of negative. Right. It, that's just how it is in life, too. Have you ever noticed that mean people tend to hang out with mean people? Nice people tend to have nice friends. That's true. And I think it's just like a magnetic thing. So uh, anyway, be careful. You know, if you're going to be using a Ouija board, make sure that you're trying to contact nice, pleasant spirits and... Uh, on a lighter note, I can, yeah, can almost, no, I agree. I can almost picture off. like, uh, you know, if the three of us are doing a Ouija board sometimes and I'm hungry, it's like, okay, spirit world, what should we eat? You know, exactly. P, I, Z, Z, A. Okay, Eddie, go get me a pizza. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I swear I didn't move it. What do you mean? I'm all like, I wanted Cinnabon. Mm, the Ouija board always says pizza. <laughs> anyway, there you go, ladies and gentlemen, pop culture, Ouija boards. And now it's time for the main mystery. <laughs> and once again, we've come to the main mystery. <laughs> this week, we're talking about the Phoenix Lights. Man. Something we haven't talked much, a lot about anyway, are uh, UFOs. And the Phoenix Lights is all about UFOs and strange lights that happened in Phoenix uh, in the late 90s, 1990s. And... So you guys are familiar with Phoenix Lights, what oh, yeah. they're all about. And, I mean, story. thousands of people saw this, didn't they? Thousands of thousands. Yeah, yeah no. Um, it just came up on the 20th anniversary, I think, this uh, year. Recently, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it was 1997. Yeah. Blew my when, mind. When this all went down. But, yeah, I've heard anywhere from 10,000 to 20,000 people have come forward and said, yeah, I saw it. It happened. This is real. Um but but what happened? It was yeah, it, it all kind of went down um, on the night of March thirteenth, nineteen ninety seven, and it happened between eight and ten thirty p.m. Mm -hmm. in Phoenix, Arizona. 
Um, an estimated 10,000 witnesses reported seeing a large V-shaped craft, which some people estimated to be over a mile across, uh, with approximately, I think it's five or six uh, lights, depending on who you talk to on it. But it, it traveled silently over, over the city at very low altitude. And some people were actually directly under this thing as it, as it came over their house. And they said it, it seemed like it was so low you could almost reach up and touch it. You know, so it, it, was, it was a very low altitude. And um, it went through an area of Sky Harbor Airport, which is the airport in Phoenix. Uh, so it was, it was restricted airspace. You got to be in the flight pattern to come come flying through there, and it flew right through it. Did anything show um, up on radar? They had witnesses from the airport. At uh, people actually called the airport and talked to air traffic controllers. They say we can see it with our binocular binoculars, but there is nothing on radar. So mm -hmm. they actually have uh, air traffic control guys came forward and said, "Yeah, we saw it too." Yeah. We don't know what it was. We don't know why it was there. And um, it was uh, not on the radar. Well, and the weird so, thing is you think of other aircraft like the U-2 spy plane or the SR-71 Blackbird, things that fly so high and so fast that they don't show up on radar. Right. This thing was low and slow. And it was huge. low and huge. It was low and slow and huge. And, you know, the, the closest thing people can... Um, Compare it to is the the uh, the B the B two stealth bomber. It's sure. like a big boomer. It's like and a it looks like it's a big bat wing kind right. of thing. But that thing, if you've ever seen one fly over, which I have, they are not quiet. Yeah, they are not really slow. I mean, they gotta they gotta keep a momentum going to keep themselves in the air. And least, they they were saying this thing hour, was right? yeah they were saying this thing was going like. Really slow, like I'm crawling here. across the sky. Now I'm serious here. Was this Batman? <laughs> are, are, are we not sure it wasn't Batman? <laughs> but but they had one witness who was actually in the military, and he's very familiar with the B two uh, stealth bomber. And he said, "You probably could have landed a B two on this thing. It was so big. It was like a mile wide." You know, and from a distance, you, you see the footage that people captured up in the mountains uh, just outside of Phoenix. And you're right, it's like five or six or seven lights that form a V formation. But up close, the people who who were right beneath it as it flew overhead said it was solid. It wasn't just uh, separate. It wasn't just lights right. that were not connected. There was a solid mass to it, and and people reported it blocked out the stars in the sky. So right. whatever as this it was, it, it was a physical object. You know. The, they they've also reported a couple of different like orbs trailing you know some witnesses said there were orbs uh trailing it and the military has come out and said well this whole thing it, it was flares it was us we were shooting off flares that night we were dropping flares well with flares when you see a flare coming down in the sky you see smoke you see them kind of waving around yeah and everybody that they they talk to says these things they did they did not project any light out there wasn't a beam of light coming out of it it was just like a solid ball of light but it was all self-contained it wasn't really illuminating mm -hmm. anything around it there was no smoke <clears throat> no smoke that like um, you know a lot of the people who are familiar with flares 
they they say if if it's a flare, you're going to see the smoke well, in, yeah. in, the, in the in the in the light. It, it's it's kind of come down to a thing where a lot of people think it's a big cover up, you know, government cover up. Uh, the, the the real strange thing about this thing uh, that I, that I've learned was the day afterwards the governor came and gave a press conference and said, "We know what it was." We're going to have this press conference. Come on down. I'll, I'll tell you all about it. And so the press shows up and says, we know what caused the Phoenix Lights. And then they walk some guy out dressed in an alien costume. Yeah. You know, just a real cheesy looking yeah. alien costume. I remember said, that. This, we, we have captured the culprit. This this is who is responsible for the alien lights. And and so so people were kind of laughing about it. And, and so many people were outraged yeah job well that. done dude yeah. yeah yeah no i'm just like that he was told to do that yeah and and it was almost like he the government came forth and said okay you're gonna go go out there and you're gonna say this and that'll be the make end. it like stupid boo it. like yeah. make you know oh it's just a just a goof you know it's yeah. not you know just like totally making fun of it let's delegitimize you know ten thousand people's different eyewitness accounts of this gigantic thing but then he kind of changed his tune didn't he no no oh. the strange thing about this is the very same person years mm-hmm. later comes out and says i i saw him that night i went out he actually slipped his um his detail his state patrol detail kind of ditched him and went out just so he could go see him him for himself. Right. And he has gone on the record and says he doesn't believe it was of this earth. He saw what was going on. Did he explain why he decided to poo-poo it? Just cause that he, was he told to do that or did he decide to have a little fun? Um, I, I don't... I know he he's come back and he said he's regretted. He's, re- I, he's regretted it. Yeah. making light of it because yeah, I, I don't know if he yeah. he ever came out well, and, and said I forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's it's kind of weird that he would change his tune, you know. And he's a pretty public figure. Yeah. Um, you've even got uh, Kurt Russell. Yes. You see, he saw it. He Kurt, saw it too. Kurt he was Russell. In the area. Um, said that uh, he revealed on a TV show fairly recently, he was actually doing a show to promote Guardians of the Galaxy Volume uh, 2. Yes, and the best he was, he was And he was on a BBC show in England, and there was a report that night of an unidentified pilot who was flying his private aircraft with his son near the airport in Phoenix, and he radioed the tower and said, what is this thing? And the tower came back and said, um, you know, we don't have anything on radar. Yeah. There's nothing there. And he said the weird thing about it is he just kind of dropped it at that, mm-hmm. landed his plane, and him and his son really didn't talk about it. And they walked away and didn't really speak of it again until like a few years later he came home. And his his son um, is actually kind of like his, his stepson or mm-hmm. kind of his adopted son it's it's actually goldie hans son oh yeah who kind of looks at him as a as a father figure but one day they came home and goldie hans is sitting on the couch watching a show about the phoenix lights and they were talking about this pilot who radioed in and you know and it kind of occurred to him i think that was me yeah and so he goes and he checks his logbook and sure enough it was the same date same time that all this was going on. Wow, and so he kind of realized that, 
you know, I was the guy who radioed this in. And, And that's one of the things that has been reported by a number of witnesses is almost kind of a a lack of uh, concern after the event. Mm-hmm. Like people just kind of blew it off. They just kind of put it out of their mind, almost yeah. like a, like they were... Um, like men in black. Like, yeah, yeah, like it was, it was erased from their mind almost. You yeah. know? Um, so th- that's kind of weird, but you know, for him to come out and go public with something like that uh, makes you wonder if there's something to the story. Plus, he's Star-Lord's dad. Spoiler alert, by the way. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, what do you think, Andy? I, I remember watching it. There's been several documentaries that, that have been made about it after the fact. And I remember watching one. It was a visual. It was a guy who analyzes visual footage. That's his job. That's what he does. Um, and I think it was like a private contractor. So he, he doesn't work for the military or anything like mm-hmm. that. But he was trying to debunk the military saying that this was flares that were dropped out of a military airplane. He, and this guy is flat out angry during this interview. He says, there is no way on God's green earth that was flares. Mm. And he almost made it sound like the people who suggested this were complete idiots. Mm. He did a side by side comparison. He had two TV screens up and what he was showing was a side by side, um, comparison of a flare uh, compared to a constant light source such as a light bulb or mm-hmm. you know something like because if you if you were to put a, a really sensitive camera like let's say on your light bulb over there Eddie it's and and if you crunch the data and you study the lumens and the luminosity of it you know if if there's a light source other than a flare it's steady and it's constant in other words the the brightness does not vary it doesn't get brighter it doesn't get dimmer it's a constant steadiness mm-hmm. and he showed flares flares are the exact opposite flares kind of pulsate they flicker they get brighter they get dimmer and eventually they just go out altogether right and he showed basically like a line graph and and when you have a constant light source such as a a light bulb the line is completely steady it's just a straight flat horizontal line mm-hmm and he showed the the flare and the luminosity of the flare was going up and down so much that what you have it almost looks like a like a EKG you yeah. know where the lines like a heart meter where the lines up and down and up and down and all over the place right and the footage that they have from that night the video footage he put it into this system and guess what it's completely flat yeah meaning it was not a flare it was it was a light source that was constant and steady the entire time it didn't waver once yeah Another so thing he completely with, disproved the flare theory. Nice. Another thing with flares is they have a a finite amount of time that right. they're going to be burning. Right. You know, they're, they're going to be falling to the ground, they're going to hit the ground, or they're going to blow out, they're going to weaken. And one guy said he watched this thing with a telescope for a good 20 minutes. Right. A flare, flare is not going to be up there for 20 minutes. No, no. So... Um, Plus, there's a giant mile-long triangle <laughs> flying in the sky. Right. <laughs> like, what? This is the part that really gets me about, you know, and this is where I'm going to sound like a big, like, a conspiracy theory tinfoil hat guy, but it's just, a, you know, uh, Joe Rogan, one of his big things is, but there is conspiracies. We know that. Right. Like, conspiracy is just something when, when a group tries to hide something from another group. Right. And that's happened all throughout human history. So to say that there's no such thing as that is silly because that, that, that's committed all the time, whether it's in, in uh, you know, large religious secret things or if it's a governmental thing. There's things happening that they just don't want you to know. There's right. that. But that being said, 
the notion that what they do is they don't try to address the, I say they, the people who take a story and, and have a guy in an alien suit the next day. What they do is they don't try to take the whole story at once because if they did, they couldn't do it. They pick it apart piece by piece. Like, well, these are flares and this is that and this is that. So it was nothing. But they, they, they ignore the larger problem that 10,000 people saw a mile long thing flying low and slow right. in the sky. And it wasn't showing up on radar. Kurt Russell's calling it out. He's Snake Plissken. You don't mess around with Kurt <laughs> Russell. <laughs> I just it just shocks me to no end that we don't and we talked about this on another episode that like especially in America, we seem to just kind of like want to get back to business as usual and not really dial in on this stuff. Yeah. Where does something that big go? Where did it go? Did they Well, see it? Uh, that's another thing about this. It started in, it was sighted in Nevada, in places in Nevada. Mm -hmm. And then it moved into Arizona and over Phoenix, down to Tucson. And there were even reports of it all the way down into Mexico. Oh, Did wow. it have so, to go through customs? So, so do, do flares cover that distance? <laughs> no. I don't think they do, you know? That's funny. So, um... But they didn't like. Did it like did fly it like out of jet sight? off then all of a sudden, or did, did it, it fade away? I thought I saw one reference somebody talking about how it did eventually just kind of speed off, like like fast, like yeah. really what? really quick. Like Silent the Millennium League. Falcon just put it into overdrive and you're gone. Yeah, and it punch was it gone. Chewy. And, and <laughs> punch it, Chewy. <laughs> but but again, they they said there was no noise. It was silent. It just kind of took off and and it was gone. You know, so it's it's almost like it was making an appearance. It's like it wanted just to, to be say, seen. I'm here. I'm here. It's like and, a guy rolling in, rolling in a parade in his Cadillac, waving like, "Yeah, hey, look at me. Yeah. I want you to look at me. I'm here. Look at me. I'm hot stuff." Or those kids in those small Nebraska towns who go cruising. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's the thing: it was going. It was it was low and slow. Yeah, kind of like a cook a pork butt in a crock pot, you know, cook it low and slow. That's how this thing was operating. But the thing is, it was going too slow. You know, okay, it wasn't a U-2 spy plane. It wasn't an SR-71 Blackbird. It wasn't a stealth this or stealth that. This thing was going slow. And, you know, even those stealths, they they uh, they can't be detected by radar, but they're not whisper quiet. Mm -mm. You know, they still make noise. This thing was dead silent. And like you said, it was low enough. People felt like they could practically reach up and touch it. Um, so you're talking about some sort of propulsion system that is beyond what we can grasp right now. Right. Uh, the airplane, the, the aircraft that we have are things that have to move at a, at a, at a fast speed or else they fall to the ground. Right. <laughs> That's why planes have jet engines. So whatever this is, it's, you know, you get it, you get in the territory of anti-gravity machines or... Uh, you know, I, I don't know, you mm -hmm. know, it, it boggles the mind. And so that's why when people say it, it did not appear to be of this earth, you have to, you have to truly consider that. And to your point, Eddie, where you were talking about 10,000 people come out and said they saw this thing. <clears throat> right. Um, you also had police officers, officers, you know, people you generally would trust. Well, you know. Yeah, depending on who you are. But they're they're trained to be good observers. Yeah, right. They say they saw it. People from the military say they saw it. Right. Uh, a nine one one operator uh, said the phone just lit up. Right. Of people calling her, and then the next day she went in to look at some of the records about what was going on, and they had vanished. 
<laughs> and she's like, oh, here, here we go already, you know. So the men in black did arrive. So, yeah. Um, Kurt Russell. You know, <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going to uh, leave there were, there were physicians that said they saw it. You know, just people from all walks of life saw this thing. Um, it, it's, it's, it's not like it was a couple of guys out camping in the desert right. by themselves. Billy Bob so, after a six-pack right, saying, I right. done seen it. It was I right saw up there. It. it was in the sky. It tried to pick me up. You know, it was... <laughs> it stole my wife. She's gone. <laughs> it was well observed by a lot of different people. So What I love about it is we're willing to give like governmental groups way more trust than we give like individuals. If I called you guys and I'm like, hey guys, come over, I gotta, or you heard Shireen be like, hey, there's a chocolate cake at our house, come and get some guys. And you come over and I'm sitting next to a plate that has a bunch of chocolate crumbs and I got frosting on my lips <laughs> and it's gone. <laughs> and you guys are like, did you eat the cake? I'm like, there never was a cake, guys. No cake at all. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? It's like just this utter, and you would be like, you ate the cake, dude. You ate the cake. Your wife said there was a cake. There's obvious evidence. <laughs> I'd be like, what are you talking about? You're delusional. You know, it's like, but when we hear it from the government or other people, we're like, well, I guess the record just got erased. It makes sense, right? I, <laughs> I don't, I just, it blows my mind. I want to flip a it table. It maddens you. <laughs> Not this table. It's crazy. Yeah. We should demand more out of that. Like, I just, I feel like I it's, it's such an interesting and... I mean, frankly, if there is a civilization capable of making anything that big fly quietly, then they could easily just go like, boop, in the pew. Yeah. <laughs> so they're clearly nice. Yeah, they're <laughs> or at clearly least neutral. nice. If they wanted to destroy us, they would have already. Right. Um, and here's my take. Um, you know, I, I think maybe for some people, there's just not a compartment in their brain for this to make sense. That's you terrifying. Know, it, I mean, some it people be. don't want to explain because the the... I think the thought of life being out there on other planets about us not being the only ones that makes them feel less special, that makes them perhaps question their higher power or what we've been taught through religion, and mm. they just can't process it. And so what do they do Monday morning? They shrug, they toss their paper aside, they go to work, they punch the time clock, and they do what they always do. And that's the danger to the other side of the Ouija board argument is like to overly focus on the bills got to get paid and stuff like that. Then you're missing out on some of the more remarkable things that are happening around us. It's a nice little balance there, I guess. And the thing that makes you wonder is what's it going to take for people to believe that some of this stuff is real? Right. You know, you're going to have to have an alien land in the middle of Times Square, walk out, shake people's hands... But not only there, it's also going to have to land in Los Angeles. It's exactly. going to have to land in Australia. It's going to have to land all over the place for people to actually believe this. Yeah. Because they'll say, oh, that was all CG. It's right. not real. It's a viral you know, thing. It's, it's for it's, a movie. I the saw. burden of proof is always on the person who claims to have it is. experienced it. And, you know, well, what about the person who's denying it? You know, where right. where's... Where's their responsibility in all this? I mean, kudos to people for not being that easily fooled. But on the same token, it's also worth noting that maybe you need to open up the old brain pan a bit and look at things a little bit differently. And I don't know. Well, and, and you talk math and statistics and probability. The likelihood of there being intelligent life out there, it is a virtual certainty. You're right. That there's not just a couple, that there's millions or you know even billions of civilizations out there. And, you know, look, look how far that human beings have come with our technology in just a hundred years or so. Right. You know, we went from making automobiles to being on the moon in less than a century. 
you know, and so you extrapolate that, you know, what are we going to do the next hundred years or the next thousand or the next million? And mm-hmm. cosmically, a million years is nothing. That's like a second that goes by like like that. Right. So if there's a civilization that that can a you know increase their technology at the rate that we're doing and b not blow themselves up in the process imagine how advanced if imagine how advanced a civilization would be if they're 10 million or 100 million years more advanced than us their technology would be like magic like forget even being advanced it would be like magic right. to us well. and i think you know flying a mile long uh boomerang shaped craft to another world it would be like eh that'd be like high school kids could be steering that exactly. thing for all we know that's a high school experiment they're that's out nothing. on a joyride they're out on a joyride <laughs> yeah they probably hijacked it and stole and warped dimensions and then they got back home and their parents grounded them yeah. like is this child's play to us it's 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 so technolo- technologically advanced, we don't even have a place in our brain to process it. And for them, it's just a Tuesday. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. You're in trouble, Beeble Brox. Our insurance doesn't cover going to Earth. <laughs> you took that 30 light years away. I told you to stay within our cosmic neighborhood. You're done. Kurt Russell <laughs> saw you for Pete's sakes. <laughs> don't forget your towel. <laughs> don't forget your towel. <laughs> yes. Hitchhiker's Guide. That's, so, that's something else. I, 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 if people, I'd love to hear people's comments and thoughts on this. On our, or, on our you know, it, it maybe if there's anyone that listens to us from the Phoenix area, maybe you have a relative or a cousin who, you know, saw it or, or experienced something from that event. We'd love to hear some follow up from that. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's actually kind of a hotbed from around the country. Uh, you know, the southwest down there in the Phoenix area, a lot of weird things have been seen. Nothing of the caliber of the Phoenix lights before or since then. But. Yeah, you go out there to Sedona, Arizona and some places mm-hmm. like that. People regularly see them. Hell, there's like tours you can sign up for and you're virtually guaranteed to see some weird lights in the sky. You know, and, but then you're down there near Area 51 and Roswell and yes. all that jazz too. Yeah. Over one of the most populous cities in the world, by yeah. the way, like Phoenix. Like it was not a like a, oops, where are we? Like that was a definite look at us kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway. So I guess that kind of wraps up this episode. We're getting pretty Yeah, close we're getting on towards time. the end of the old... The old trail. But uh, like Andy said, if uh, you want to get in touch with us, send us a message, uh, paranormaldads at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We now have our very own URL. It's uh, www.paranormaldads.com. That will take you to our Podbean page, and you'll be able to listen to all our shows there. Um, we're on Facebook at Paranormal Dads, and uh, also on Twitter at Paranormal Dads. I love it. Keep your eyes to the sky, people. And uh, also, please uh, be sure to uh, follow uh, all of our sound effects are got are brought to you by uh, freesound.org. Uh, check them out, please. And uh, for all your sound effect needs, check them out. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you. <laughs>